Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Good evening, I'm Pick the you are listening to Soho Radio, and should you choose to stick around, I can promise you two hours of gorgeous music spanning myriad genres and eras and excellent company, because I'm going to be joined by a group who have, in their own unassuming way, over two decades, amassed a truly magnificent body of work. Purple Patch, which extends to their latest album out this Friday, that's called Digital Variations, and here to tell us about it and share a few of their own musical inspirations with us are David Best and Ed Chivers from Fujiya Miyagi. I also asked the guys to suggest this week's stop on Station to Station. They chose Theobald's Grove in Hertfordshire, quite far away from where they're based in Brighton. So we need to ascertain the significance of that location. A lot to unpack then, not much time in which to do it, so let's meet them. David Best and Ed Chivers, welcome to Soho Radio. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's, uh, you're both in Brighton, aren't you? So this is a quite commitment. It's quite exciting <laughs> to get on a train and stuff. Yeah. Coming up to the big city. Yeah, nice <laughs> to look at all bright lights. And um, it actually is a commit for, commitment for you, David, because you're sort of, you're, you know, you'll find it hard to get around right now, aren't you? Well, in the autumn of my years, yeah, I ruptured my Achilles tendon at the beginning of the summer. And uh, yeah, so I've been out of a boot for about three weeks, but I'm not, I'm not as speedy as I once was. No, and that's, it's kind of a, you, uh, how, did, how did you, what is your injury and how did you sustain it? It's kind of an ankle injury. It's an ankle-based injury. Okay, for people for people who are familiar with the group, this is a kind of bit of a leitmotif in both yeah. your music <laughs> and your life. Maybe we'll hear the song "Ankle Injuries" later on. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Yeah, I just I was just playing football with my my youngest son and his friends, and and my Achilles tendon pinged like a like a pylons, you know, on a bridge. And I, I didn't know when people sort of say you know like snap their hamstring or snap their Achilles tendon. I didn't really know. I didn't know that it was literally a snap. Like you fit, it's as sudden as that. Well, most people hear it, oh my God. but I think it was drowned out by the shrieks of uh, kids. So I didn't hear it, but I felt it. Oh man, okay. And you saw it's quite a sort of. It's a moment in life, isn't it, when you're sort of writhing around in agony and you're surrounded by eight-year-olds and laughing, it's, <laughs> laughing. Yeah, yeah. Pointing. But then there's a lot, you know, the thing, one of the things I love about your music is that, you know, you're just like, you know, world champions when it comes to bathos, you know, <laughs> that sort of, uh, you know, that sort of, sort of slightly comic, but kind of also it's quite profound, kind of those, the little moments in life that kind of flag up slightly more significant kind of existential well, kind of. Thank you. I think, I think I pr- we'll probably get a song out of this, so <laughs> it's not all bad. 
Yeah, any pu- putative titles? Uh, Achilles tendon rupture. Oh well, yeah, that <laughs> was the working title. That would be on brand, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, let, I want to explore that a little bit because you know the track we just heard, uh, which is called Extended Dance Mix, which was uh, from an from an album which you sort of released piecemeal as sort of three three track EPs, wasn't it? Uh, back in twenty seventeen. Yeah, I think it's the first one was two thousand sixteen, but yeah, then went into twenty seventeen. Right. Okay. And uh, it's you know it's it's a sort of it's a lyric that you really sit up and listen to because it's a sort of a kind of slightly poignant bittersweet taking stock of 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 a, of a career that's you know it's people love you mm-hmm. you know but but you know but then again you know comparing your career to sort of um, a sort of dead frog who's who, who, that, whose muscle <laughs> continues to sort of twitch yeah it's it's not painting it in a in a great light. But, but sometimes, you know, I don't know. I think, I think in a way, the best thing that happened to us that we weren't particularly successful because uh, it meant that we're just doing it because we all love music rather than just yeah just carrying on because that's a way to get money. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, money's nice as well, and I'd like more of it. But is it a living for? Is it actually a living for you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Ish. Ish. Yeah. Do you, you don't have to supplement it with anything else. Not at the moment, no. No. When did when did you actually um, when did that moment ha- happen where you no longer had to sort of? Well, uh, when because me and Steve started the group and we were working in an office and uh, we uh, had our song on a Jaguar advert, so right. which enabled us to leave the office. Uh, and also, Matt was in the other band at the time, and that was like two thousand and two thousand seven or two thousand eight, maybe no, two thousand seven. And when ja- when Jaguar get in touch and they say we want to use one of your songs, well, how, how does it work? Do you sort of like are you so sort of like excited that you don't want to sort of screw it up by uh, trying to get them to give you more money, or do or what? What how, what? how does it work? It's tricky, isn't it? Because like maybe twenty years ago that would have been frowned upon, but now it's kind of necessity. Mm. You know, if you're lucky enough to get, as long as you don't abhor the product. You what know. was the song they wanted? Uh, collarbone. Oh, wow, brilliant. Yeah. So at that point, my mum, having thought it wasn't a great idea to be in a group, thought, oh, that's quite good because <laughs> oh, he's on telly again in between, I don't know, whatever telly was on. <laughs> you weren't, I'd, I mean, obviously, I guess in another era you would have been on conventional telly a lot more, but you don't really see uh, too much music telly. Either. But uh, what... I, you know, obviously in advance of meeting you today, I kind of did a little kind of rootle around YouTube to see, you know, what what past interviews you'd done. I saw an interview with you that I just absolutely loved. And I actually love, I, I think I should start collecting interviews like this as a sort of genre. It's from 2009. And it's, it's this like, I don't know, is it MTV or something? It's this really enthusiastic uh, woman who is kind of really asking you kind of boilerplate questions you know a classic sort of where'd you get your ideas from where'd you get your name from you know who your biggest influences all of that and and towards the end of the interview i think she i think she thinks you're actually really really famous because she was because you then she starts asking you questions like so what you know any 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 young bands hoping to make it like you have (laughs) (laughs) do you remember it uh i remember (coughs) I remember awkwardly asking lots of questions when we were more po- more popular, but I can't really remember that one. 
uh, no, I'll have to find it. I have to dig it out. It is. It's kind of like it completely feeds into so much of the sentiment that I love about your your music. It took me a while to realise that when you ask questions, you don't. When you when you first start, you feel you have to appease people, and like if they ask you a question that's not relevant, you feel you have to answer it. Mm. But as you get older, you can just kind of steer it somewhere else. You lost that quite quickly, though, didn't you? Because I think I saw a quote from you, so sort of like a little while later, so something like, "I want to die when people ask me where we got our name." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. I, d- I still do. Yeah, but you know, there was a. But then I didn't actually. In that interview, you said uh, there was a kind of. Was it your very first gig? The promoter was really disappointed when when you t- you turned up. Turns out that you weren't Japanese. I think it was. Yeah, you could just tell on the face that they were crestfallen, and, and he said, "What do you do?" You know, but we didn't. Me and Steve didn't think we would be a, a band band. Sure, you know, it was yeah. that point in time where there was lots of uh, funnily named kind of faceless yeah. duos, yeah. and uh, and we just started the two of us. Of course, so. I mean, who you know, like I'm sure, like you know, when people were shorter and lived near the water, formed they didn't really sort of think too. <laughs> but much that's of a it. better name than ours. Yeah, it, well, yeah, uh, but also. You know, maybe they split up because they they didn't want to keep having to explain being called yeah. when people were shorter and lived near the water. Um, let's hear a song from the new album, Slight Variation. I've lost count now. Is this your, like your seventh album or something? I think it might be the ninth, but it could be the tenth or the eighth, depending <laughs> if you count one as an album. Okay, right. And um, when you sort of start work on an album, is there sort of like is there a vibe that you lean into? Or do you, do you just basically wait and see what the songs sort of tell you to do? It usually comes from a, a collection of loops and ideas and and that kind of sometimes goes into a rehearsal and we play around with them. Yeah. But sometimes we do it in isolation. And, and Yeah, quite often it's in isolation. I think that the longer the period that it takes to do an album, the more varied it is. Yeah. If we do it quickly, like the last one, it's kind of like a... Uh, deliberately one-dimensional or narrow but if it goes on like for three years like this one it's kind of everything we're into over a right, longer okay. period yeah so it's more representative i think, I think so yeah. yeah yeah okay i think the first track we're going to hear from the record uh i believe the first time it's probably been played anywhere on the radio is faq which i know you're both very fond of as am i um very singular mood to this song you know very um uh, seems to be about the passing of time, maybe having less time in front of you than behind you. Yes, definitely. That's yeah. I think that's that's the the stage that we're in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's give it a listen. Zavaroni covering a Dolly Mixture here on Soho Radio, preceded by Knickerbocker Glory by Fujio Miyagi, which name checks Lena Zavaroni. And uh, that's, you know, never fails to move me that song. Um, obviously, a kind of Phil Spector thing kind of going on there. And um, yeah, really, really lovely. Um, so, um, like we said earlier on, the album's out um, this Friday. Um, I saw a quote from you, David, saying that you 
you find songwriting something that that comes more easily to you than it used to in the maybe in the early days is that right yeah i think i think it does to us as a a group as well but uh i think there was a big change like a, maybe about six years ago where just got more comfortable with computers and rather sit playing with a guitar in a notebook hmm. just r did some music and then just picked a mic and didn't think about it and just recorded and kept the bits that were good and got rid of the bits that weren't and it just feels i think our earlier career you could describe it as what to quote hugh grant's film music and lyrics it's like whereas now it's more cohesive right you know it's before it was very distinct maybe sure yeah uh, remind me, Ed, how long have you been in the group now? Uh, I joined in 2014, so it was the um, Artificial Sweeteners just before that was released. Right, okay. Um, so you uh, did you play on Artificial Sweeteners? No, no. Um, Lee, Lee played on a couple Lee and a lot was electronic. Right, okay. And then uh, my first record that I played on was the, uh, the three EPs. Um, right, okay. Was it easy to sort of lock in? Because obviously like the band had such a distinctive percussive sound. But you don't seem to have, to my ears, seem to have struggled very much. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, well, it was actually you that got me into Noi and, and the 70s bands, because I, I think I heard Fujia first. We'll, we were both in, other, in bands. I was in a different band in Brighton, and we were both <laughs> coming up together. Uh, so we played a lot of gigs together, and uh, hearing your music uh, before I joined... And then chatting to you, and you put me on to Noi and bands like that. So it's kind of yeah. because of you, I got into the whole motoric sound. I think also at that time it coincided with us becoming a lot more electronic again. Right. So uh, Lee's a fantastic drummer, and uh, we were really, we just done a record with Tom Monahan in America. It was very live sounding, hmm. and it didn't really play to our strengths really. So we kind of had a rethink, and we went more electronic. Uh, and Ed's great with electronics as well. But those three EPs, um, just like some, just some phenomenal music on there, and like there are, there are, you know, like I, once in a while I try and haul my tired body out for <laughs> a run, and there is just something about Fuji Miyagi's music that actually makes me feel like, uh, you know, I'm not sort of risking death by doing this. Um, <laughs> they just kind of, and it is that kind of what you do so well is just that kind of like delayed gratification thing where you just kind of it starts off fairly sparse and you just you just throw another thing <laughs> in there then another thing in there and then you're sort of so excited by the end of it um but yes yeah, so, so, so like something about serotonin rushes is just you know or synthetic symphonies it just i don't know why more people don't do this is it, just it, it was nice to because uh, we just did them in distinct three segments as well mm. you know which was really nice you didn't have to think about an album you th we've, we've had three different ideas for the three eps hmm. and they i think they kind of fitted quite nicely together at the end but it was yeah. just like this is going to be electronic this is going to be the band and this is going to be like a hybrid or something you mentioned your love of that german sort of motoric thing and uh didn't michael rother um come attend one of your shows he did in hamburg and uh I've chatted to chatted to him a few times like yeah. in interviews uh, I asked him about Cluster's uh, uh, parasol, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was always what, intrigued by that. What did he say? To stop the synths melting, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, he's uh, very nice. Uh, it's kind of weird. It's like, like we also met, like, uh, Damo Suzuki from Cannes, uh, who was, uh, I mean, Cannes are my favourite group. 
and uh, we played a show quite early on where we supported Damo and he turned up he was there at Soundcheck and he was like my main influence of how because I, I can't sing but I could whisper <laughs> yeah. so my I was mod and early on I was modeling my whispering on Damo when he was being quiet sure, yeah, yeah. and then fast forward two years and he's sat in front of me with like a almost a Christmas jumper on and uh, rolling his rollies and it was and like how did this happen and this is well maybe I need to do something of my own rather than just copy him but you're not it's like it's you're so far I mean I think you know I think on your first album you're sort of allowed to sound like the sum total of your influences yeah and it's something I try and remember as a music critic um, you don't just start by sounding like yourself just straight out of the box you know but if you make music for long enough then something emerges that's kind I of I think that's really true I think that, that, that it's good to hang stuff on you know whether that's like you know a motoric beat that, I mean early on it was an electronic version of a noi beat so there was a you know uh, but then you, your influences become the people you work with or the equipment you're using yeah. like you know and it, it's just that's exactly yeah. how I see it yeah you opened for New Order as well didn't you yeah we played with them three times the last time was at the O2 and it was our first show in two and a half years oh my word from the sofa to the O2 it was uh, it was pretty intense yeah yeah. and uh, as well as uh, Klaus Dinger from Noi uh, Stephen Morris is another one of my drumming heroes I think and I again that human metronome style of drumming I really love the cold almost digital drum machine style and yeah and Gillian and Stephen are just two of the nicest people seeing them done we, when we played in um, Dublin they were there at the side of the stage when we were playing so I could see them out of the corner of my eye dancing and I suddenly realised how many beats of I've stolen from him <laughs> yeah, that I was yeah. just playing yeah. back to him and it's like oh that, so. they are like you know as the young folks say they are goals they are couples goals you <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you can kind of like, they're a good kind of uh, beacon of coupledom, I think, to sort of, you know, set your sat enough to. Okay, we've talked about can, so we're going to hear a can tune. What are we going to hear? Uh, I'm so green. You've got some live shows coming up? Yeah, that's right. We're playing uh, at Leeds uh, on the 8th of October at the Brudenal. Uh Then Manchester 12th at Yes, Brighton at Patterns on the 13th, and then in London at uh, Oslo and Hackney on the 21st of October. First shows for a long time, right? Yeah. We had a, we had an odd show in Chelmsford a few months ago, didn't we? With Steve's yeah. from Chelmsford. So, but other than that, yeah, it's been a while. Okay, right. And... Um you are you're clearly like i've seen you live and it works incredibly well live you know you it's sort of, i think i saw you at glastonbury actually oh uh, did you at that in a tent in glastonbury it was fantastic yeah williams green williams green yeah that's the one yeah 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 i like that tent that's good yeah um tents go it was a it was a good it was gig. a good one I think your lyrics are very sort of, you know, they're not underrated. People know you're a great lyricist, but, you know, I sometimes, you know, I, I sometimes look look them up and uh, just to sort of remind me, because they are sort of, you write about interesting things and they're sort of like, I, <laughs> I've, <laughs> in terms of kind of capturing the kind of slightly nauseating feeling of the zeitgeist a few years ago, I was drawn to a song called Gammon, <laughs> which... Uh, 
is uh, can I embarrass you by reading some of the lyrics? Yeah, go, go for it. I'm the deep sea diving champion of the zodiac, and here's a tantalizing glimpse into the future you'll never see. You clap when your flight lands, you clap at the end of films, you struggle with technology, and you blame this on the instructions. You've got a food hygiene rating of four, you Google Google, <laughs> you're shouting in English at Spaniards in Spain, um, and it goes on in this uh, in this fan. It, was it? Did was it someone? Did you sort of catch someone on the telly or something? That it was kind of like an amalgamation of of red faced angry men on Question Time, probably. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think there's there is that side to the words, but also uh, I like a lot of idioms and stuff. But that comes more like from soul stuff, and I think some people think that. I'm just reading out idioms, but it's just because of a love of soul, mm. you know, music, which is based around that. Yeah. So I try and combine the two. <clears throat> and it comes very naturally to you. It's, you know, just in, in, in the same way that, you know, when Kevin Rowland does those kind of rolling R's as well, you know, you don't, for actually subconsciously, maybe subconsciously, I've got a chairman of the board album in my... He liked my, them, didn't he? Sorry? Didn't Kevin like Yeah, I think he basically rolled easy. That, that's what inspired him to roll his R's. And Brian Ferry, I think. Right, yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Also from that album, there's a... Uh, is it the uh, the title track, which I love, a flashback? Um, tell me a little bit about what that's about. I really related to this one. Oh, I was just... Uh, what was it about? Ed, what was it about? You, you didn't write the words, <laughs> so you don't words, know. Yeah. Oh, I think it was just looking back. It's just that thing about getting older, isn't it? Sometimes you just you just snapshots of I think also like when we were really busy with a band and we were travelling lots of different different lots of different places you kind of forget where you'd been and then you'd find yourself washing up and you'd have flashbacks of being in Seattle or Porto or right yeah uh, but I, I, th I don't think that album I think that song's probably a bit more of a personal flashback rather than a general one yeah I saw a quote from you saying that um, just you know to sort of alighting on these little moments these little kind of symbolic sort of childhood moments which are like yeah, flashbacks essentially, I guess. Like you know, being jealous of your neighbour's Nike wind cheater. Oh yeah, but now I've just spent my whole adult life wearing that wind cheater because <laughs> <laughs> I could afford to get it. So it's kind of it's kind of a bit pathetic. Is that because because Nike got you to do a forty-five minute running track? Yeah, and I think subsequently we realised we did it a bit too fast. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you I, met you what you made like it. You uh, you met you created it too quickly, or you made it too fast a tempo. Too fast a tempo. I think we, there might have been a few. It's more of a sprinting track <laughs> rather than a jogging track. Well, I think I think maybe maybe it was fine. We had like a blueprint where it said like seven <laughs> minutes, ramp it up, you know. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. And then I actually ran it after we finished it, and I was like, oh, sod this. You ran. Oh, okay. So you ran to it. You sort of ro literally yeah. road tested I think, it. I think we did. I think Steve might have done a few tests, but he obviously he's faster runner than I am. But I couldn't do it. That's the thing, you know, because I think running music is very subjective. And obviously, you know, at my time of life, I'm carrying a lot more weight, and I can, I'm a kind of lolloping runner, you know. So naturally, it's I'll dangerous to run to a tempo. Like I, when I before I did my Achilles, I was running to the last Yola Tango album, which is. <laughs> It's yeah. amazing because I could go as slow. I was, I was almost running slower than I walk. Right. Yeah. But yeah. it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I run. I often run to a lot of reggae. Do you? Because reggae, you know, reggae was made to lollop along to, you know. And so. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Like when Scar became uh, Rocksteady, so legend has it, it was because they had a really hot summer in right. Jamaica. Oh. So they had to have it. They had to slow it down a bit. 
Oh, okay. I don't know uh, if that's true, but I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it figures. It certainly figures circumstantially. Well, talking of reggae, I think we're um, we're going to play a track from an album you brought along. I can tell you just by w- what you were saying about it earlier. It's an album you're clearly very passionate about. It's credited to the Techniques, but it's not really. It's not a typical Techniques record. No, like Winston Riley was uh, in the Techniques, but this is a dub that he did subsequently. And it's called uh, the album's called Meditation Dub, and this the first the song's called Born to Lose, I think. Okay, because I'm enjoying talking to you so much, I'm not bothering to cue these records up. So you know there may be a silence, or we may cut into it abruptly. Let's see what happens.
and Nurse with Wound. The track is called Simple Headphone Mind. We're just debating when that came out. We're thinking maybe mid-90s, but we can't remember for sure. That was requested by Andy in Chislehurst. Um, uh, on account of the fact that... Um, you may remember this week's station to station stop is um, is Theobald's Grove, and uh, Linda Lasardi is a long-time Chesson resident. Well, what's that got to do with Linda Lasardi? Well, her brother Mark Angelo Lasardi is a, a pioneer of UK dub music. Uh, has produced not just uh, loads of brilliant reggae and dub music, but also tunes in other genres such as this one. And uh, Andy suggested a, a bunch of stuff, but we decided to go with that one because it's a big favourite of the Fijian Miyagi gentleman as well uh, it's been really fantastic thanks for taking the time and trouble to um, come and join me today well, thanks for having us thanks really enjoyed um, it uh, we're going to play I'm going to try and squeeze in two more songs by you guys um, and um, we'll play uh, a song from the new album and um, one more song from the new album which I think is going to be non-essential work Non-essential worker, yeah. Sorry, no, non-essential worker. Uh, tell us a little bit about this one. Well, it's an instrumental. It's kind of I think for ages we tried to hide away from the fact that 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 one of our strengths was maybe like built on the motoric beat, and this one is saying, "Wow, you know, it's almost over now. Just go for it." <laughs> What's almost over? <laughs> I just don't know everything. <laughs> Okay, look, it's been an absolute joy to have you uh, here. So um, yeah, I've loved your music for so long. And, you know, this is like one of those evenings where just being a fan of a band, you know, is just kind of peaks. So thank you so much. Thanks, Pete. And, Thanks uh, for having us. Absolute pleasure. One more plug for the album, Digital Variations. Slight Variations. Shit. <laughs> Slight Variations. Um, <laughs> out this Friday um, and uh, and go online for details if you're Gia Miyagi uh, will no doubt be playing somewhere near you on their upcoming tour in October um, and this is non-essential work <laughs> 